are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Guys, klooks.com.br was launched back in 2021, 2022. He broke 500,000 bucks of revenue in 2023, cleaning a Brazilian financial data and selling it to big firms like Captivate IQ and Bloomberg, which many of you guys might actually, you know, listening might actually pay for directly. Some of that data is provided by these groups like Klooks. He has specific OCR technology with his seven engineers, but then it's the human layer on top of that where they clean the data, sort it, filter it, make sure and check for accuracy before they sell it off to the end market. Uh, that really is their secret sauce, 50% of his revenue today, and they'll do about a million dollars this year. 50% of that is data as a service. Uh, another 30% is pure services. And then 20% is true software as a service. Completely bootstrapped, selling through two major resellers in Brazil. That's Neoway and TTR Data, uh, where he takes a cut of the sales there. If he goes direct, he's selling for 300 to 400 bucks per month and has over 50 customers to date. Hey, folks, my guest today is Alex Abujamra. He is a former M&A advisor and manufacturing CFO. Today, he's a CEO and founder of K-Looks. He graduated in business and administration, summa cum laude, and again, is now building this tool, which helps structure unstructured financial data and sell it in a SaaS DAS model. That's software as a service, data as a service model. Alex, ready to take us to the top? Hello, guys. Great pleasure to talk to you again. Yeah, we appreciate it. We had you back on back in January of 2023, about a year ago. At that point, uh, your revenue was about 60% data as a service, 20% software as a service, uh, and then 20% just pure services. What's the revenue mix today? What are you selling? Uh, right now, we are on around 50% of that, of the data as a service, uh, 30% on, on service itself and 20% on, on SaaS, but everything has grown from there. Uh, we've, we had some interesting, uh, uh, growth last year, kind of 50% growth. And this year we are, we are probably reaching, uh, $1 million in revenues. That's great. So targeting a million in revenue this year, what did you end last year at? Uh, it was kind of 800,000. Yeah, that was it. That's great. Now, who are you selling this data as a service uh, data to? Is it banks and financial institutions? Yes, uh, actually, originally um, the the data we would sell to other intelligence platforms. So we would sell to Bloomberg, to Capital IQ, uh, Moody's Analytics. So these guys would get our data, which is like financial data of private Brazilian companies, and just put on their products under on their SaaS. Uh, and that's, that was our original revenue model. Um, and well, um, uh, after a while we started selling it to banks as well. So that, that's our rush right now to, to put our data directly into, into banks and not only in intelligence platforms. Um, that, that's part of our, our priorities at the moment. Is Capital IQ still paying you today? Are they still a customer? Sure. Yeah. 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 And what are they paying you for? Is it specifically, I know you specialize in uh, financial statements from com private companies in Brazil. Are they paying you for all your Brazil company data? That's right. Um, they they are paying to have uh, financial data of private Brazilian companies 
that we crawl in the web. Mm -hmm. And and if your data is really valuable to somebody like Bloomberg or Capital IQ, eventually don't they want to come buy you so that you don't sell your data to all their competitors as well? They might, but I don't think that that's uh, attractive enough at the moment. Um, I mean, uh, it's Brazil is a it's a small uh, target for them. It's not like, well, I'm the only one who has data of private American companies, and that's a huge um, uh, competitive advantage. Uh, it's Brazil is kind of a, a, a marginal market to them, so. Um, I'm not sure if that that's something that would make sense at the moment. Maybe uh, uh, once we reach like five to ten million dollar in revenues, that might uh, make sense because our process is really unique. Uh, it's been proven uh, uh, and operationally and 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 in in practical. So uh, um, and financially has been growing. Uh, but as soon as we escalate enough, I think that that might be something they might look into because these guys they have uh, their 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 thresholds for for M and A they're quite higher than our our size right now. Yeah, that makes sense. How many customers are paying you today? Oh, directly might be fifty or sixty, and indirectly might be five hundred, six hundred. Give me an example of an indirect customer. Um. So. I sell my data uh, uh, to CapRQ and to all these guys, but I have some clients that they don't pay me for my data, but they integrate in their product and they sell my module. So these guys, uh, they have like well, 100 clients uh, that use my module. So that's the indirect, indirect customer. Can you give an example of one of those companies where your module is built in? Sure. Um, there are some guys in Brazil called Neway, uh, N-E-O-W-A-Y. Uh, they're quite big in the big data uh, environment here, and well, they they resell our data in a in a module uh, inside the product. So, if Neoway in Brazil sells your module, the Klux module, for a hundred bucks a month to end users, how much of that a hundred dollars will you keep versus what Neoway will keep? Uh well, when they distribute me, they. I, I keep less than when I sell it directly, obviously. So uh, I have I have large quantities, but I don't have the uh, um, the value per customer that I would have selling directly. But I don't have any any CAC as well. I don't have any cost of acquisition uh, of customers. Um, so uh, I would I would sell directly for roughly three to four hundred dollars monthly, and they would sell me to like a hundred dollars monthly. So same question though, if Neoway sells your module for a hundred bucks a month to an end customer, what percent of that revenue will Neoway keep versus what will they pay you? Oh no, that's what I would get. They would sell it for a little bit more and then we would split it. How do you contractually make sure that your value-added resellers like Neoway don't uh, cannibalize your own direct sales by decreasing your module price point inside of their channel super low? Yeah, it's an awesome question. Really good. And the, the, the answer is, well, I don't, I'm not sure about it. Uh, I, I don't have a way to make sure that they don't cannibalize. It's more of a, um, uh, um, empirical conclusion. Like, well, um, I think it's not cannibalizing. I'm, I'm not getting any feedbacks that, that indicate that that's happening and it's how we conclude it. I see. How many value added resellers like Neoway, uh, drive you customers every month? 
Uh, we have a new one and another one uh, called TTR. Okay, so just two, two big value-added resellers. That's right. I see. And T, it's TTR.com? Uh, it's TTRrecord.com, I think. It's transactional track records. They, they, um, they originally sell data of uh, transactions like uh, uh, EBDA, uh, EV EBDA multiples. That, that was their, their primary business, but they integrated our solution. Um, and they are focused in emerging markets such as Brazil and uh, other South American is it, countries. Is it TTRdata.com? Uh, let me check here. I'm fairly certain it's ttrdata.com, but you can tell me if I'm wrong there. Um, so those two channels do a lot of, a a lot of your reselling. Is that right? TTR. Yeah. Yeah. So they do a lot of your reselling. You also go direct. Um, tell me more about your process. I'm always fascinated because you know, the whole world, I mean, maybe not the whole world, but anyone potentially can get access right to, uh, uh, a private company financials in Brazil, I imagine because they have to file something on some public domain, but you have some unique process you use to get to the data, to transform it, to clean it, to then spit it back out so that these partners can sort of use it. Wh- wh- what did I just say that's not accurate? Or is all that pretty much true? No, that's pretty much true. The, the um, But the, the thing that makes us unique is um, the data is really hard to find. So um, it there are some sources that are easy to find, but most of the sources are hard to find. And we're the only ones that are investing heavily on on crawlers uh, to to hard to hard to find sources. And when I mean hard to find sources, it's not like oh, it's a website that had everything structured, and um, and then it's just like a bot that goes there and gets the data and this stuff. No, it's 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 a complete mess because uh, the hard to find places is like. Uh, thousands of different uh, uh, files that you don't know if that's a financial statement or if it's not. So we have our bots need to find out if it is a financial statement or not. Those files are in PDF format, so um, the data is unstructured. So we need to to have other bots that take the data out of the PDFs, and then we have a, a quality assurance process with humans that make sure that everything is. Uh, uh, perfectly classified and structured. Um, and we got really good on this routine of taking financial data out of PDFs and putting that into uh, tables like JSON or Excel or whatever. So we started even selling this process to banks. Uh, banks mm-hmm. receive thousands and thousands of uh, financial statements in PDF formats every day. And it's a complete mess to turn that into like actionable data. And that's something we do very well. Actually, I haven't seen anyone doing that as well as we do um, uh, anywhere else. Why, why does this? Why do you guys have this DNA? You know, how, I guess let me ask it differently. How many folks are full time today at KLUX? Forty. And how many are engineers? Uh seven. Engineer. Okay. And are you an engineer or no? If I am an engineer, no, I'm 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 graduating in business and administration, but well, I code a little bit. Just uh, it's been a necessity to you know try some stuff and mm, make sure that we can develop some some things I envision. So, I guess 
thousands, let's say you get a data dump of thousands of documents. It's they're in weird languages. You're not sure if they've been financial statements or not. Your, your team of seven engineers have built some process to go analyze those. I guess my question to you is, isn't this something that one day sort of AI and, and sort of these LLM models take over? In other words, have you built some moat? Have your seven engineers come up with something that OpenAI and these other folks have not thought about where you will always be in need in terms of cleaning that data? Um, I, I don't see um, OpenAI and these folks uh, uh, solving this this problem um, uh, so early because um, when you go into PDF tables, it there's a, a lot of things that OCRs don't solve. So if, if you don't have like a, a, a system that goes in the PDF and structures that perfectly for the AIs to then take uh, uh, have an opinion over it, um, it it just doesn't work. So the, the technology needed to solve that is not the, the, the chat GPT uh, or uh, open AI technology is the OCR technology, which, um, uh, the, what's that stand not, for OCR? OCR is a optical character recognition. It's, uh, it's a system that, that looks at a picture or a PDF and identify characters. So it turns like an image to text. So that's yeah. the, um, that's the thing. Um, there is a uh, one uh, uh, specific problem, which is a uh, um, like grammar errors. Uh, sometimes, the, very often, the, the the systems they think that a G might be an eight, for instance, and and these confusions um, uh, are not solved yet. Might be solved of contextual um, NLPs that might understand that in the middle of a, a sentence uh, of a word, there is not a number. That, that's something that AI might help. Uh, but uh, um, when you go into tables and 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 when the the OCR, there's another problem that is very very common. Uh, they make confusion in lines, so they might put a value that is for assets in in current assets, and this confusion is is to totally deadly for a risk analysis. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you have an example like on your desktop or something that you could screen share of some 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 PDF you got that was that that OpenAI could never deal with because it's so confusing, but your OCR technology is able to read it and extract sort of characters and and things that we can read in a programmatic way? Yeah, the the key thing is not exactly the OCR because the the OCR uh we we use different uh uh OCRs bought in the market. The the real difference is um is the process the, the quality assurance process we do over the OCR process? So uh, we have a system of alerts like, "Hey guys, this uh, uh, total assets is not equal to total liabilities. There might be something wrong here." So our uh, quality assurance team uh, uh, just goes into and and fixes the problem. And we have like more than five hundred alerts uh, that make uh, uh, our our data get out of this process completely uh, perfect and, and validated. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of and, sense. Tell me yeah, a little bit more, I, I, Alex, I, as we wrap up. I mean, it's clear the technology here is powerful. You've got big folks like Bloomberg and Captivate IQ paying for it. How do you get more customers? You know, you launched this. I remember back in 2022, we chatted. You were doing like 200,000 of revenue. 2023, you get up to seven, 800,000. This year, you want to break a, a million. You're bootstrapped, so you're in full control, which I love. But is there any way you can grow this faster uh, with creative marketing and advertising, but also stay bootstrapped? Uh yeah, we have we have three different um, uh, products, right? So in the, our data as a service, I don't see I, I don't see that making uh, the the big difference that would change us from uh, a million to a hundred million. Uh, where I see that happening is is on our service that turns PDFs into 
um, into structured data. If we do that internationally, if we can find the channels to to um, to to go international uh, with this service, um, I think it's very unique and and uh, the the like the big tech folks they are not focusing on that right now. So that might be an uh, an advantage at the, at the moment for at least a few years. And oh, I see our SaaS as a um, as a nice catapult of growth, and that's something we've never invested that much. But we've been having really nice results in lead generation for the last uh, four to to five months, and uh, that's making that's making us very happy and and um, excited about uh, what might come in the future for our SaaS solution. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm rooting for you. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, though, let's wrap up here with the famous five, Alex. Number one, your favorite business book. Oh, favorite business book? Uh, mm, Sapiens? It's not a business Number book, right? But it's a book I like. It works. That works. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I'm super cliche on this sort of questions. I would say like Elon Musk at the moment. Mm -hmm. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Klux? Um, I'm still with the the answer I gave you last year. I I love Google Sheets to to prototype stuff. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, six to eight. Okay, that's fair. And uh, did you have a birthday? Are you 38 now? I'm 38. That's right. Okay, still single with one kiddo. That's correct. Awesome. Last question: Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Something I would sorry say it again. Something you wish you knew back when you were twenty years old. Oh, um, I, I would like to be less afraid of making mistakes. I think that would have helped. Mm -hmm. Guys, klooks.com.br was launched back in 2021, 2022. He broke 500,000 bucks of revenue in 2023, cleaning a Brazilian financial data and selling it to big firms like Captivate IQ and Bloomberg, which many of you guys might actually, you know, listening might actually pay for directly. Some of that data is provided by these groups like Klux. He has specific OCR technology with his seven engineers, but then it's the human layer on top of that where they clean the data, sort it, filter it, make sure and check for accuracy before they sell it off to the end market. Uh, that really is their secret sauce 50% of his revenue today and they'll do about a million dollars this year 50% of that is data as a service uh, another 30% is pure services and then 20% is true software as a service completely bootstrap selling through two major resellers in Brazil that's Neoway and TTR data uh, where he takes a cut of the sales there if he goes direct he's selling for 300 to 400 bucks per month and has over 50 customers to date Alex thanks for taking us to the top thanks Nathan great pleasure to be with you again